Michael Wilkinson is next. Uh, Michael Wilkinson's been around a long time. Do you mean he, I think you're talking about his brother Tom? <laughs> I've got my. Is it Tom? Yeah, it's Michael Tom Wilkinson. Wilkinson. I think you're talking about his brother Tom. What are you talking about? Did it's you? Michael Parkenbum. Welcome to Born to Watch. We're three old mates, an ex video shop owner, an industry insider, and a black belt in 80s kung fu movies put their mastery to the test on movies that change the world. Hey there, fellow watchers, and welcome to another episode of Born to Watch. Look, I'm still coming down from the high that was Goodfellas. A perfect score. Gow, what do you think about that? Perfect score. Well, great movie. Of course deserved a perfect score. Yeah, Dan, you, you, we're, we're still feeling comfortable a week in? No, I'm very comfortable with my plethora of five out of fives because you clowns are actually picking excellent movies of late. Well played you. Yeah, okay. Well played us. Okay. So obviously uh, it was a perfect movie. It's uh, It sent the benchmark for all the movies moving forward. I think it's very interesting that we decided to do a gangster movie straight after Goodfellas. Albeit from the other side of the world. Very and different gangster movie, A very movie, different though. gangster movie. Look, only time will tell whether, as Dan described it, Guy Ritchie's last great movie, Rock and Roller, where it will sit, will it be in the slipstream of Goodfellas or sunk in its wake? Oh, like that? Did you write that down? I did write that down. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so I do that. So, Gal, how are you, mate? You good? Yep, super. As we write, it's St. Paddy's night, so what everyone's is? probably out. Gonna have to crack a Guinness later on. Yeah, well, enjoy that. I shan't. It tastes like <laughs> shit water. Anyway, Dan, you good up there on the land? We 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 went to the the Guinness Brewery in Dublin a couple of times, didn't we, G Man, on our on our travels? <laughs> I think we went twice. We did, and to the, s- yeah, I said that the the Guinness in Dublin is fantastic. It tastes really good. It's not drunk by any of the locals. It's kind of a bit like. Uh, shrimp on the barbie out here or Foster's. Foster's, like, no, yeah. No actual Irish cunt drinks it. But it does feel good to be in, in Dublin and get on the piss, end up at the chippy after you've had a thousand. So that's good. Something interesting I didn't know too on Guinness is that it's an actually a ruby red colour, not a black colour. So if you hold it up to the light, just as you're, uh, you've, you've done the pour, it actually shows as ruby red, not black. So there you fucking go, culture. Boom. Really? Really? Nice. And I just want to point out, you didn't actually go to the chippy. You, you were in a cab <laughs> when you told me you were in the chippy. That was in the UK. and that was you, You're still hanging funny. on to the lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we could talk all night about your travels around the world, but we're not going to. Uh, okay, so 2008, when did we first see this movie, Gow? Oh, I know. I know this week. Okay, go for it. So I saw this on my honeymoon. At Hamilton Island. Wow. So we Ooh. went out, Chrissy and I went out the night before and got uh, trolleyed, stuck into the cocktails in the in the main pool there at the uh, at the hotel. And the next day I woke up and it was raining. How many times did you get out of the pool to take a piss? I uh, can't remember. That's a long time ago. <laughs> was it was it zero? Like when me, yeah. Dan and Sloan are in the pool at uh at the Padma Hotel in there Bali? Could, there's a good possibility. There was five hours in the pool drinking frozen mojitos and not one piss was taken outside <laughs> the pool. I do remember all these people sitting around poolside having their dinner and just two of us in the pool drinking cocktails. Oh, God. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, say, so 
Yeah. I, I just say honeymoons have changed a lot over the years too because you're on your honeymoon and it was a wet, rainy day and you had to stay inside and you watched Rock and Roller. We watched two movies and one of them just happened to be Rock and Roller because we'd heard things about it. What was the other one? <laughs> I can't remember. Mm. <laughs> the Perfect Ten. <laughs> Emmanuel. Emmanuel. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, what about you? When did you see Guy Ritchie's last great film? Oh, fuck knows. I reckon probably from your video shop, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see this at the movies, uh, which mm. is odd. I had the video shop at the time, but this this actually rented really well. Guy Ritchie was a like a, a fan favourite up there at Avalon. All the Avcats would kill for a bit of cool hipster Guy Ritchie. Uh, so have it rented we really about, well. Have we talked about the Avalon dick book before on this podcast? <laughs> yes, we have. Okay. We have talked about the Avalon can we, dick book. Can we revisit yes. it? Yeah, there'll be a podcast where the dick book's appropriate. Uh, just uh, F-wits, just uh, in case you missed it in whatever episode we talked about <laughs> it. Matt was the mayor of uh, Avalon at one stage because he had a very successful video shop called That New Video Shop, which was a bit of a community hub. And all the all the parents would come in and hang out and talk to him about movies and all the kids would come in and eat free popcorn and watch movies. But there was uh, there was some young cats in Avalon that were a little bit more arty than uh, than rock and roller and, and, and pop movies and they decided to do a coffee table book about their dicks and uh, <laughs> it was basically page after page of dudes in the nude with uh, with their with their wings hanging out so yeah. it, was, it was we didn't have that in monovale some uh, seven eight minutes down the road certainly didn't have it in chroma but avalon yeah dick books were de rigueur i've got to say uh it i i looked i looked at a few of those guys a lot differently since <laughs> after perusing the pages uh, and needless to say, if there was a dick book in Wheeler Heights, it would have come with a magnifying glass. <laughs> <laughs> that is the the uh, famed chroma curse, which yeah. unfortunately <laughs> struck ninety seven percent of you guys. Yeah. It's the footy dick catalogue. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's the footy dick. It's the footy dick book. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, I'm going to set over and unders at ten for this, so it's low. Yeah, we're going to start with you. I'd be under 10, but I'd be close. I reckon, yeah, somewhere between five and 10, seven, eight times I would have seen this movie. Yep. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really yep. enjoyed rewatching this. Yeah, cool. Dan, what about you? Over 10, I reckon, yeah, more than 10. Yeah, I think I may have watched this for the 10th time for this rewatch. I haven't watched this a lot. Uh, I, I got a bit to, I got a bit to talk about on this movie. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, maybe it is. All right. Now, let's listen to the trailer. People ask the question, what's a rock and roller? And I tell them, we all like a bit of a good life, some the money or the fame, but a real rock and roller wants a lot. There's no school like the old school, and I'm their master. Right, let me tell you how this works. You're going in the drink, and I'm going to have a cup of tea. I just hope for your sakes you can hold your breath for as long as it takes my kettle to boil. All right, see ya. <laughs> Times are changing. They ain't no respecters of the old school. What's it going to cost me? Seven million euros. Call the accountant. You need seven million euros. Seven million. Well, what do you want? You. Dance? You're a dancer. Am I a dancer? I've got some work. Seven million euros, and it won't be protected. Is this a robbery? Yes, it is a robbery. Where's your verse? You have to lift up the knob under the gear stick. Oh, yeah. 
troubled rock star, Johnny Quid, is missing or soon dead. Oh, Johnny? If he's dead, that's the third time this year. I'm dead, Pete. Dead people don't like company. Your boy ain't dead, is he? Find him. We got your boy. You might want to hose him down. He smells like a rotten goat. I run this town. Ah! And bring the troops. Bring me a body. But you didn't realize that they had guns? Was war criminals attached to the trigger? You're what they call a real rock and roller. Rock and roller? Rock and roller. Rock and roller. Care of them. What do you think we are? Gangsters? Rock and roller. Don't worry, he can't defend himself. He's got no head. Okay, another great trailer. It's just it's our I think it's our best segment of the podcast, the trailer. Well, yeah, yeah, certainly, uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, we love it. You don't have to listen to us. We love it in here. Uh, Gow, why don't you tell us a little bit about Rock and Roller? All right, with the tagline of a story of sex, thugs, and rock and roll, when a Russian mobster orchestrates a crooked land deal, millions of dollars are up for grabs, and all of London's criminal underworld wants in on the action. Everyone from a dangerous crime lord to a sexy accountant, a corrupt politician, and down-on-their-luck petty thieves conspire, collude, and collide with one another in an effort to get rich quick. Yeah, it pretty much sums it all up. It could sum up every Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, essentially. Okay, uh, critical thinking. It's an interesting one, really. IMDb have got Rock and Roller, 7.2 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 60% on the tomato meter and a 71% audience score. So that's pretty low, especially for the movies we've been doing lately. Uh what do we think about that? Where do we think that sits? We don't want to give too much away for the rank bank. We think that's a little low for this or? I'm going to look at, in film school for F-Weeds this week, I'm going to look at Guy Ritchie movies ranked because he doesn't get a lot of critical appreciation. And uh, I think if we look at some of his films, we would probably think that we are fair dinkum critics and agree with those critics because they lick balls. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. He, he's got a definite style about him and there is an argument that, uh, style over substance is something that he suffers from in, in, in some quantity. So yeah, I can't remember the question, but I sounded really good. Then. Well done, Dan. Excellent. You're on top of your game. Okay. So we've got a couple, uh, reviews here. Got a good one from Ken Hankey. From Ken Hankey. Express. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's the Christmas poo. Where's he from? Ken Hankey, the Christmas poo. <laughs> he watch movies like we do. Okay, uh, he's from the Mountain Express. Uh, it's a it's a well known literary Bible. Sounds somewhere. Like it. Mm. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, here he goes. A richly entertaining work that overflows with stylish set pieces, including what is easily the funniest and most economical sex scene ever committed to film. That is really good, and we'll talk about that later. That's awesome. Yep, absolutely. And the reason behind it, I'm sure. I'm sure Gow's got that. Okay, so the bad one is from Paul Burns from the Sydney Morning Herald. Or Burnsy. 
Rock and Roller feels as if Richie is imitating his favourite director here, and that director is Guy Ritchie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Burn. Mate. Burn, Paul Burns. Burn. I like like Burnsy. I like Burnsy a lot. what you're saying, he's got got a thing and he was recreating his thing. Trying to recreate it. That's his thing. He's trying to do Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Okay. All right, Gal, let's slide into ordinary people. Why don't you tell us a bit about the cast and all the other stuff that you love to Okay, here we go. Let's start with Jared Butler. Now, didn't start acting until he was 25 years old. Um, And the story goes that he was approached in a London coffee shop by another actor, another well-known English actor, Stephen Burkoff. You know who that is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, out of Rambo and that. Victor Maitland. Yeah, Victor Maitland, yeah. And from Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. So they later appeared in another movie together, but um, but he gave him a role in a, in a stage movie. So I think that uh, Jared Butler was actually he was he was doing law or something along those lines. Anyway, he gave it all up and became an actor. So, but uh, the real you know he started in a movie called Rain of Fire in two thousand and two with Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale. And yeah, then, the one about the dragons. That's actually yeah. a really good movie. Yeah, I haven't seen that. It's really um, good. I've heard a bit about it, but then into three hundred, which really put him on the map as Leonidas. We. Ah, oh, Sparta! That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, then in PS, I Love You, Rock and Roller in 2008, The Ugly Truth. Got into a few rom-coms. Yeah, he had to spend some time with Catherine Heigl, <laughs> which no one enjoys. No. Mm. Uh, Law Abiding Citizen. Then Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen. Um, and then another movie coming out this year called Plane. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I watched it. I oh, talked about it a few weeks ago. It's not oh, bad. Did you? It's not okay. bad. Okay. Have you seen Law Abiding Citizen? Anyone here seen Law Abiding Citizen? No. Jamie Foxx? Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that. Dan, you seen it? Nah. Worth a watch. It is seriously violent, like over-the-top violent. Oh, I think you've told me about that. Yeah, his, his kid, his family gets murdered, yeah. and he seeks revenge on uh, Jamie Foxx, who's the DA that refused to, um, I guess, prosecute the guy that killed his family. And, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's seriously violent. Nice. All right, let's keep moving because there's, there's a bit of a cast in here, so we want to punch yep. through. Yep, yep. Uh, let's move on to Mark Strong. Now we talked about Mark Strong earlier. I really like him in this role too. But um, his his first big role was Sorter. He was Sorter in Revolver in two thousand and five. Well, and Revolver had, didn't come out until after Rock and Roller. It was held yeah, back. It was held it was back. Was released yeah. in two thousand five, but not actually released. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's obviously a favourite, as is Jason Statham of Guy Ritchie's. And yeah, I love Mark Strong. I think he's really good yeah. in everything he does. He's, he's really good. He's a standout. Yep. Yeah. And we'll get to him uh, later on, but. He's in Oliver Twist. He did Syriana in 2005 as well. Obviously, Rock and Roller. Sherlock Holmes. He's in Kick-Ass in 2010. The Guard, which we've, we've covered before. Tinker Tailor, Soldier Spy. Zero Dark Thirty. Um, and he was in 1917. Captain Smith in 1917, yeah. which just came out. So Thoughts on 1917? Excellent. Uh, I quite liked it. I loved it. It's, it's a, it took a while to get into, yeah. but once you got into it, yeah, it was really good. Just a, Is it a Gallipoli ripoff? Can anyone confirm or deny this for me? I, I didn't think same, I, I didn't. it's the same plot, but uh, same yeah, story. No, but, yeah, yeah, same but story. That's a, but that's a war story. Yeah, well, oh, it's almost the yeah. same plot though. Mm. Different things happen on the way. Yeah, he doesn't ride a donkey. No, ma- no, Mad Mel. <laughs> no, no. Oh, Mel. Oh, Mel. Oh, Mel. Mel. Uh, so a quick sliding doors while you hear two on Mark Strong. He got down to the last two spots for the role of Anton Chigurh in No Country for Old Men. Wow. Now. Yeah, I thought you might like that one. Can you imagine anyone else playing that role? You can't now. Because he just nails that role. He would have worn the wig well, though, because he's oh, a yeah. bald badger. Well, he wore a wig in this. He wears a wig all the time. Yeah. He's bald as hell. Yeah, he's... it's funny because he's got the slick back doing here. Yeah. But he's he's running the ball underneath. Yeah. Archie. Archie. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, anyway, so interesting. All right, let's keep moving. Look, Tom Hardy's the next one. We talked about Tom Hardy not long ago. Mm. Um, you know, awesome, awesome in yeah, this. We love him. He's really good. Actually, this role, look, I won't go, I won't go through everything he's done. We know that he's an Academy Award nom for The Revenant. We know how good he has been. He started in Band of Brothers, Mad Max. He's he's done a lot of good stuff. Legend, great yeah. flick. Yep. But it was this role. So Christopher Nolan actually saw him in this film, and that convinced him to cast him in Inception and yep. The Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight, yeah. Which is interesting. I I knew that before I watched this, so I, I kind of had a keen watch of. Well, this is as close to being a normal role as he's ever played. This and Inception are the two roles where he plays a normal person. Yeah. Uh, but in- interesting, he's so like so slight in this movie, you know, yeah. compared to what he is For now. Sure. Yeah. And we know he's not tall, but he, he often appears bigger on screen. Yeah, plays big roles, but he's so. No, it's what is it? How many years ago? Two thousand eight. Fifteen so years 15 ago. Fifteen years ago. Yeah. How quick was I there? Very. That's very good. Yeah, You've upped your game. I have upped my game. Yeah. All right. We'll keep moving on. Next yeah. up, we've got uh, Stringer Bell. Why do you know this character very well? I do. From Idris the Wire. Elba. Yes. yes. Have you finished The Wire yet? Nah, almost. Mm-hmm. I'm on season four. Season four. Yeah. I'm on season four. Yeah. Look, Idris Elba, awesome actor, and this is obviously the role I know him best for. Yep. But uh, look, he's been in tons of things too, Lacey. We uh, talked about him. I talked about him last week with Luther Fallen Sun, yep. the new movie out. In Luther, Hobbs and Shaw, uh, Prometheus, in Thor, and all the other MCU movies, Thor, yeah, Ragnarok, was Heim, Avengers. It was Heimdall. Who, yep, Heimdall. Yep. He was in The Office, The American Office. Remember he's the boss, Charles? Okay. Did yeah. you watch that far in? No. I, I, I struggled with The American Office. I've got to go again. I did enjoy it, but I just lost interest. Yeah, I, I got onto it. I quite like it. No, it's 64 fucking seasons. Yeah. I, it when, lost me when Steve Carell went and they started having that revolving door of new bosses that kind of, kind of got over it. Well, that's what – obviously, the, he was one of the major sell, but they had yeah. – um, oh, I can't think of his name. There's there two or three of them they had in there. Yeah. James Spader did it. Will James Ferrell. Spader, that, that's it. Will mm. Ferrell, yep. That's what I was thinking of, mm. James Spader. Yeah, there was a few. Interesting enough, Idris Elba, his films have grossed over $9.8 billion at the box wow. office. Yeah, now, well, including – them MCU ones. In, in the MCU. Yeah. It's an amazing oh, yeah, figure. Sure, You've been yeah. involved in movies. Especially with someone who's not, I guess, hugely known in, like as a Hollywood star. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, I, I really, I, it's going to be interesting when we get to, um, the lay down with someone. Idris is, is in the running. What is, what is Brad Pitt? Yeah. Yeah. The Brad Pitt, well, well, Idris is well in the running. Once you already, go you black, you don't go away. back. No, he's, he's in the running. Okay. He's in the running. He's in the running. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a few in this movie. Mate. Mate, I'm right. fighting off handsome Bob. Well, yeah. Let, well, we'll wait. We'll wait till we get there. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Tom Wilkinson. Been around a long time, Tom Wilkinson. Done a lot of TV. Has don't, he always been known as Tom Wilkinson? Well, don't get him confused with his brother Michael. Right. Yeah, we don't got want his to brother do that. Michael. Yeah, yeah, so you don't okay. want to do that. Yeah. Uh, lots of TV. Early movie roles in Sense and Sensibility as Mr. Dashwood. Was in the Full Monty where you probably remember him yep. early on. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of the guys in there. What a great movie that is. Yeah, awesome. It's all awesome that at Coleroy Cinema. Yeah. Good movie. good movie. Yeah. Good movie. Uh, he's in the uh, in Rush Hour with Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, Shakespeare in Love in The Patriot. He was the general, General yeah. Cornwallis. He's a wanker. Yes. Batman Begins, obviously rock and roller, in the best exotic marigold hotel. Have you seen that? Yep. Good? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. It's an old person's movie. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I watched it. I had the video shop, so I feel obliged so I could talk to the grannies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you've got to have that knowledge, mate. I've got to have build the rapport. It's rapport building gear. Rapport building. Yeah. Rapport. Do you guys right, let's see keep a moving. lot of 
ads for over 50s living. I, I pick up on it all the time now. I don't know if it's regional TV, but it's always, welcome to Oasis, the new star of over 50s living. And I'm like, I could almost fucking go in there. <laughs> we provide the bowl for every bench. <laughs> It's bowl and a gallon of lube. It's for it's every unit sold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. Toby Kebble. Now, yeah. hasn't, hasn't been in a lot of movies. I thought he was really good in this. We'll get to that. This was one of his earlier movies as Johnny Quid. He was in Wrath of the Titans in 2012. Fantastic Four. He was Doctor Doom. Yep. He's in Kong Skull Island. But most recently has been in the M. Night Shyamalan series Servant. Have you? I haven't seen that. that. I haven't. I, I. I know. I know it. I know of it. I haven't watched it yet. I got tipped in by actually uh, Strangy Strangles from NZ. Yep, yep. He tipped us into the servant. Said we should watch that. Okay. Put that on the uh, Watchers Unite page. Yeah, I only. I haven't come across that yet, yeah. so I wouldn't mind having a look at that. It's been around for three or four seasons. The, the first movie he was in, I think it's the first movie. It's not. If it's not the first, it's the second. Two thousand and five. It's called Dead Man's Shoes. And it's got Paddy Considine in it. You know Paddy Considine. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so. Paddy Considine plays his brother, mm-hmm. and Toby Kebbell's um, a bit simple, and he gets he gets in a bad situation with some local youths, and Paddy comes back and cleans fucking house. Oh, really? It is super good. Okay, it is super low budget. It's like it was made on fifty bucks. It wow. is so good. Okay, yeah, worth a watch. Dead Man's Shoes. All right. So, quick uh, quick thing about Toby Kebbell in this movie to play this. He learned to play the piano and operate a semi-automatic gun. Obviously, two two parts, method. two things in the movie. Method. method. Here's the method for you: to get into the skin of a crack addicted rocker. Oh God! He didn't eat food for three days, and then just ate a single meal a day for the next three weeks. Yeah. So you wonder, like, you look at that movie and he is skin and bone. I got to say, I don't dig on the crack lifestyle. <laughs> oh no, I don't dig on it. I don't dig on the crack lifestyle. Yeah. Thoughts, Dan? I mean, they get to go down the pub and have a beer and I don't know, I just, wear, I got wear cool it. clothes. I, I've, walked in, I've walked into your bedroom on a, on a few Friday mornings, Dan, and your bedrooms look like his fucking lounge room. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah, I don't Especially when your mum, the day your mum yelled at you from the, top of the la- from the top of the staircase, and you pooed your pants. <laughs> And we completely out of context. That, that, was a, that, that wasn't what happened. That's what I heard she said. But yeah. uh, thankfully, that What did she occurred. say? She I said, can't. spewed in your pants. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, that, uh, which I, which I had done. Night, was that the same night your old man came downstairs in the morning saying, you come home at all else singing, <laughs> fuck me, Jack. Yes, no, that was that. What the fuck, fuck Chuck? Chuck? What, the, what yeah. the fuck? I'd come what home the fuck, blind Chuck? and just be fuck singing me, that Jack. at the top. Of- <laughs> yeah. What's this? What's this? Uh, fuck me, Jack. <laughs> yeah, Mark wasn't happy. Nah. Oh god. Um, right. Anyway, can, could you do that method acting? No, no meals for three days, and then one meal a day for the next three weeks. One hundred percent. Far not. out. One hundred percent not. That's commitment. Yeah. All right. Let's keep moving. Tandy Newton. Um, had been in a lot of good stuff. Big, uh, big fan. Plim's huge Tandy Newton fan. Yes, huge. Would be. Yeah, it's the caramel sure. skin. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, flirting. Nineteen ninety one. Do you remember what? Australian movie. Yeah, mm. with Nicole Noah Taylor Kidman, and yeah. Nicole Kidman. 
Now, is is Noah Taylor's ugly, right? Are we is, here to agree on this? Is, is uh, it Noah no. Taylor or Ben Mendelsohn? No. <laughs> well, no, it's, it is Noah they're Taylor. They're one and the same. No, yes. and I would argue Noah Taylor's interesting looking like Tim Rogers from UMI is, and they have a certain subset of the ladies who just think that they're all time. <laughs> Noah, yeah. Noah and uh, Tim Rogers. I remember a, big, a, a, f- a female from our past who was a massive. Oh, big Black Bears. Big Black Bears <laughs> like uh, the look of Tim, Tim Rogers. Rogers. Massive Tim Rogers fan. Shout out to Narrabeen's finest. Um, Albemarle's yeah. best. <laughs> yeah, keep just keep going. Just roll on. All right. From we did flirting. Noah Taylor yeah. ugly. Yeah, uh, she's with handsome Noah. Yeah, got his own subset of of female fans. Mm. She was in interview with a vampire in '94. Mission Impossible Two. Obviously, a lot of people would know her from as yeah. Naya. She's in Crash, Rock and Roller, Line of Duty. Great series. Oh, yeah, and she's yeah. good in that, actually. Yeah, she's good as yeah. Roz in that. She was in Solo, a Star Wars story, and obviously her biggest role recently has been Westworld. Um, yes. So, yeah, as Maeve Millet, she had Did you guys continue the, with that? No, nah, I watched nah. one and a half seasons. Yeah, same. I watched one I couldn't, And I couldn't yeah. get through it. Plims yeah. loved it. He got, got right into it. Yeah, but mm. it's uh, what they did, they were smart, the Westworld writers. They, they got her... They got her cans out every five or six episodes, which right. kept him on the hook. Yeah. Kept him on the hook. Right? Just Definitely. kept him on the hook. He's like, yeah. I can't taste. I know. I know, I know I've only got four episodes to go. Three, two, one. Oh, reset. And then he'd just get, he'd be ready to go again. He, he was happy after that. Yeah, he was. It was a happy ending for all. Uh, but, yeah, so she won Outstanding Supporting Actress, uh, an Emmy, Primetime Emmy for that in 2018, but was nominated in 2017 and 2020 as well. So, one out of three for that. Is she just a stuck-up bitch in this movie? Yes. A little bit. Well, she's supposed to be. She's supposed to be that, you know, high-flying accountant. So what I, – I, I mean, I was going to talk about it in bad, but I'll, I'll talk about another bad. So the whole marriage of convenience to the lawyer thing yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. I've she's got it, not – I've got yeah, it in question like, time as well. Like it right, has yeah. to be touched on. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. Let's let's review. Yeah. All right, quick sliding doors for Ooh. you. So she was uh, shooting Mission Impossible 2, but a delayed shoot for that caused her to turn down the lead of Charlie's Angels. So Lucy Liu was oh, cast Oh, Lucy instead. Liu's character. Oh, oh. Yeah, so she had, she was going to play that role. It's interesting. Anyway, that's mm. it. Look, there's a, there's a there's few other people. There's Ludacris. There's yeah. Jeremy Piven. We don't yeah. need to go into that. We've, we've covered enough here. Yeah, we've covered enough. All right. Uh, okay, let's have a look at the year that was 2008. It's actually a bit of a cracking year, I've got to say. Um, well, let me just just I'll just jump in. I'll give you the the gross here. So this movie did five point seven million dollars domestically and twenty two million dollars internationally for twenty seven point eight million on a budget of eighteen. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Not unsimilar. I guess it's a, it's guess like we said last week. It's a movie that either people like, well, they either like that it's genre. Niche, it's niche. niche. Yeah. If you like gangster movies, you like Guy Ritchie. Well, let's look at two thousand eight movies. Now, we did do 2008 because we did Step Brothers, but it was fuck episode yeah, it was three. Early. We, did, we didn't go through it a nah, lot. We didn't. That was the, um, we're so much better at now. Oh, so much yeah. better. 40 episodes on. So other 2008 movies. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button received the most nominations, had 13. Piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, the ninth to get that many. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire came in second with 10, but Slumdog Millionaire won everything. Or won the pretty best, much picked up. Picture. So best picture, best director for Danny Boyle, uh, best adapted screenplay, best original score, best original song. Um, best actor was Sean Penn in Milk and Kate Winslet in The Reader. Right. 
No, 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 Rita. And it also, Heath Ledger, this one, he got his award for The Dark Knight, which was also the highest grossing movie of the year. So The Dark Knight raked in $1 billion. Yeah. Indiana Jones and the Christ- Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was $786 million. Terrible. Kung Fu Panda in third. Great movie. $631 million, can believe that. Hancock, Mamma Mia, Quantum of Solace, Iron Man. So the birth of the MCU, 2008. There you mm. go, 15 years ago. If you pause and play so, yeah. here, you can see where movies were fucked. Iron Man's good. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Gran Torino, Hurt Locker. There's well, some great movies. Slumdog Taken. Millionaire was a great movie. Taken. Do you know what? I'm looking at this on, on IMDb, and it's got the rankings for the movies released in 2008. Now, The Dark Knight's number one. In Bruges is number two. Mm, good flick. What do you think the gross... That they have on IMDb for In Bruges. <laughs> I reckon less than Rock and Roller. Okay, so they've got the gross here. This must just be US. So it is $534.86 million for The Dark Knight. The second best movie on this list in 2008 is In Bruges. Its gross is $7.76 million. <laughs> wow. It did $7.76 million in the it US. did not make money. Well, not in the this US. Is, this is uh, European film, I think, yeah, in yeah, the US. Yeah. They just don't dig it. No. They probably want it done in, with subtitles. Yeah. Yeah, remake it in American voices. i got an interesting one for you here. Number 36 in the year was Tropic Thunder, 191 one million. One of the greats. Good movie. Good movie. Very funny. Booty sweat. <laughs> yes. Cradle the balls. <laughs> Lick the shaft. <laughs> taste the gravy. And take all the gravy. <laughs> Would not be made today. All right. So Tropic Thunder came in 191 million. What do you reckon was that was in number 36? What do you reckon was number 35? Oh, God, I don't know. Coming in at 202 million. It's an Adam Sandler flick. I'll give you that. Grown ups? Nope. You're going to have to go way worse than that. Oh, really? Oh, it's not Jack and, Jack Jill. and Jill. You don't mess with the Zohan. Uh, well, oh. Zohan's better than Jack and Jill. Yeah. Jack and Jill is could be the worst movie of all time. Could rival the room for the yeah. worst movie yeah. of all time. Still, I I don't think that uh, Zohan was a good movie. It's not a good movie. And and how it beats him. Anyway, it's not a good movie. Rambo I, came in at number fifty six. What that a year gr- too. Oh, fuck! What a great movie. Rambo. Good for movie. Him. Yeah. Great. She's violent, wasn't it? Remember when he gets that it, guy. Going, oh. I just love it how like the guy is not. The guy's bad enough. He's committing genocide, but they make him a pedophile as well, yeah. just to tip him right <laughs> over the edge. So that we, so that Excellent. when he blows him to bits on the with the fifty cal oh. machine gun, we go, we're, we're all for we're all for Rambo. How awesome was Is that? It, 50 there's cal? another Expendables about to come out. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There will be. Mm. All right, you done? Yeah, good done. Okay, question time now. Morgs, you touched on it. I don't get the Tandy Newton marriage of convenience at all. I don't know why it's necessary. I don't understand well, it. She could have very easily have just had a relationship with that lawyer to have that in for the party, which the party is irrelevant, essentially. Right? But the only it's, it just makes him it gives him a reason for the lawyer to be gay so that then they can do all the the handsome, handsome Bob, Bob stuff bits. Yeah. That that's the only reason. Yeah, God, it's bad. So, do you think it's do you lazy? Think some of it's, like the, it's, it's lazy. I agree. Well, do you think some of it's on the cutting room floor, like that that story got maybe possibly, cut out? Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, absolutely. Maybe. And then it just but sort it of becomes no a, a little sense. side story. Yeah, 
There's no reason that she would need a marriage of convenience. She's not an, an immigrant. She's not. No, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah like she's not and she's thirty. A she's a thirty-year-old accountant. She's English. Yeah. yeah, and she's obviously a, a very well-paid, yeah, white-collar professional. It makes no sense. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's pathetic. It, it is lazy mm. script writing. It really is. Mm. Okay, so there's obviously a lot of unanswered questions in this movie, and we'll just use Stella and Yuri at the end, like we. Get my gloves, give him my gloves, and Victor goes into the room. And then we we don't know what goes on. And then there's just a passing comment at the end about it cost the guy an arm and a leg. Well, yeah. that was my bad. So we'll yeah, get we'll to get that, to yeah. that. So, but does this movie obviously it then comes up and say the the wild bunch will be back in the real rock and roller? Does it deserve a sequel? This movie. I yes. Whenever I watch it, I really enjoy it. I can I can glaze over all of the the plot holes. Um, I don't want to bust on my good, the bad, and the ugly because I put a bit of thought into it. But, yeah, I, I'm disappointed there wasn't a real rock and roller because I always enjoyed the experience of watching this. I would have happily watched a second one of that come out. I think it was good. I really liked it. You know, as, as a movie, so I would, have, I would have been, you know, if, if that was out, I would have certainly watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's enough left behind to warrant there being a sequel. Um, I've got a bit to say about this as well. Okay. So... Is the Mr. One, Two, Stella dance scene the worst dance scene ever committed to film? Yes. That was... How awkward is it? Really awkwardly bad. And yeah. That's intentional, I think. Oh, I, mean, I, I assume I, it is. I, I, I like, hope it is. Yeah. I hope it is. Because when, when he goes, oh, you know, I'm dancing, and he they, it pans to his, the, the Tarantino foot shot, and he's doing his... It looks like he's going to fucking trip over on the spot. <laughs> Mate, it's terrible. And then he's... And then it's sort of like a... Uh, Pulp Fiction yes. meets Saturday Night Fever meets – it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah, it's odd because they he's just got to the party and walked in. Yeah, and he's just like – And then he sees her and then they mate, I'm going to dance. I'm sorry. No one dances sober Yeah, that's male. No one. If you do, you're handsome Bob, right? <laughs> yes. No one does. I found it to be – it took me out of the movie yeah. a bit. It was, it was a bit of a – it was a very odd scene, wasn't it? Yeah. Very odd. Au contraire, I think it looked like a bit of a sick party. I mean, there was dudes running around in their shorts and tuxedos, heaps of chicks. There was the guy just came in with heaps of gear, cookie. I don't know. I think you guys are being harsh. I think it looked like sick fun. Yeah, it. it, it the I party it, was okay. The rem- dancing in the in their own room definitely rem- was just a really odd. It reminded yeah. Gav Castle Hill, that's for sure. Right. Yeah. Gav's trying not to say, yeah, you're right. Uh <laughs> Pretty good. Okay. Well, there we go. That was question time. Now, let's move into the categories. And it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're going to start up on the land tonight first. And what do you got for good, mate? Yeah, I thought the music in this was excellent. I think that the one thing Guy Ritchie nailed in this was – the uh, the the tracks um, on the man, yeah. which is the, uh, the the one that uh, it, it ends the movie and starts the movie. I think is brilliant, and the subways uh, track that they have. Yeah, that's great. You are great. my son. Yeah. You are the only one. Uh, uh, really yeah. good. So, and they, they actually shot that twice at a live gig in Bournemouth. That was an actual Subway's gig, so I got into the Subway's on the back of this performance. So, yeah, I think I think the music for for once is a, is a real standout in a flick that we've checked out. Yeah, excellent, G Man. I really liked 
you know, I, I like the early Guy Ritchie movies, and I'm sure we'll get to more on that. But I really like that intertwining story. He tells a narration at the start. I mean, it's hard to follow a little bit, um, especially with the accents and, and all the events happening. But I I like that. I like that style of movie. I love Lockstock. Love Snatch well, for that art. same kind of thing. It's an art movie. You like your art movies? Well, it's not really that. It's just you that, that in, I, I like that style of intertwining yeah, story of where and all the you know all these things happen and they all intertwine. Like the, the the photo goes or the painting goes missing and then it ends up at at Stella's place. You know, just all of that. I quite like that how that works um, when it's done well. So it's I enjoyed that. I really like Toby Kebbell. I thought he I played that role really well. Yeah. Um, I thought he nailed that as the as the junkie who understood where he was. He's a smart you know privileged well-educated kid and he understood exactly where he was and what was happening. And, yeah. and I really liked Mark Strong. We talked about earlier, just had that good underlying menace, you know, like you didn't have to, you didn't do anything in the movie, but you just knew that he was the guy that was going to sort stuff out. Um, and I also liked the character arc where he, he didn't like everything Len did. And you could see as the movie went on, he, he wasn't that agreeable with him, but he no. worked for him. Yeah. And then until he found out, you know, who the mole was. Mm. Yeah. Look, I've got the wild bunch. Just hanging out at their hideout or their clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, <laughs> that's fucking that awesome. I love that. Super jealous. That mm. just reminds me, like, it, we've dreamed of the Bates house. That just reminds me just of the Bates house, just hanging there. What yeah. are you doing? You can play a bit of freaking video games, play a bit of poker, you know, yeah. have a few beers, whatever. I think that was awesome. Really, uh, really love that. The first half of the movie's great. I really enjoyed the first half of the movie. I think it, it's very clear and concise about the setup. I thought that was awesome. Uh, I like, I like the characters. I think that the, the rapport between the, the the three, especially the three main guys with one, two, and Mumbles and and Handsome Bob, I think that's great. The other two are really just bit bit parts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as I said, I think the first half of this movie is really really good. I, I I'm not a huge such a huge fan of the of the second half. But anyway, we'll we'll get to that when we get into the bad and the ugly. But Gao, why don't we start with you for bad? Well, bad. We already touched on it. Uh, we didn't really explore in the movie what happened with Stella, you know, apart from Victor getting his gloves. We know what that means. And yeah. and the Russian. And, you know, that sort of let, and got left over. So they skipped over that pretty quickly, which I think you know, th- that needed a little bit more to me. Like they just I, I, kind of, they ran out of time or they just let it go. I think the second half, I think, whereas the marriage of convenience is lazy, I think the second half is jumbled and, and lazy. I think well, they've got to get through the story. Yeah, right? it's already a two-hour movie for sure. Yeah, so for sure. which goes quick. I mean, it's not like it it, it hangs at all. No, but um, it's funny because they went through that whole scene, you know. And I do love that guy Richie just puts in the weird scenes, like the two Chechnyans end up in their undies. Yeah, you know, in the place. Like, what are they going to plow him first? It's a kind of a weird scene, and they're they're just like taking their time, and and I kind of find that that's a funny odd scene. But then that's that's what happens with them. But you didn't find out the rest about the boss, mm. you know. So. Mm. I think they could have done a little bit more with that. Yep. Okay, Dan, what about you? Yeah, I, had, I mean, the, the whole script, there's no real plot to speak of. It's more like more a series of subplots that converge, like Gauss said, it's, uh, it, which is cool. That's kind of Guy Ritchie's shtick. Uh, but it doesn't, yeah, it, it kind of, if, if, you, if you take a helicopter view, there's not a real plot to the movie of, uh, of, of a structured plot that you would normally see in a, in a movie of this type. Um and then Tom Wilkinson, I thought, was miscast. I thought he was probably the weakest out of out of everyone. I didn't really buy into Lenny 
being he's armed. a caricature. Yeah. He's yes. a caricature yeah. of him, of, a, think, of a bad think, guy. Whereas Bricktop and the uh, other guys he's got are actual legitimate hard men. Real, you know. You could have made Archie unique. the yeah. tough guy. Yeah. Yeah, you could have made yeah. Archie that role. You could have definitely. Uh, yeah. Because he, he wasn't convincing uh, to me either. I get that, Morgs. I agree. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it. All right. I I've just got from the second, I think we're witnessing the fall of Guy Ritchie in the second half of this movie. It's where he's just, he's becoming a bit self-indulgent. He's, as what old uh, Bernsey said, you know, just looking out for copying his own work, trying to be a bit of Guy Ritchie doing Guy Ritchie, which I, I, I didn't like the second half of the movie at all. Uh, and surely, surely they're not letting Lenny get away with what he's doing for the low-hanging fruit that he's serving up. Oh, you know, you know, one, two, he'd do two years because he's just getting in the way. We're going to nick him for this, you know? And it's like, surely the cops are going after bigger fish if they're giving him the massive pass. He's got the um, Abo Henry or the bloody green card from... Yeah. Green light, yeah. yeah Roger Rogerson, yeah, green from, light. Yeah, for the Rogerson green light. Yeah. And, and he's just divvying up his mates. Well, this is what... But I think this gets to that part of the story where... He does that, so he thinks he's the, he's the king of London, right? Yeah. He thinks he's got it all because he's got the cops on it and he can do this. Yeah. And then even even Archie says to him, like, mate, these guys are big time and, and we're only small time. And he, yeah. he Which is why out, he know, doesn't care because he well, knows he's he, got the cops on his side. He thinks he thinks he does. Yeah. Till he gets till he gets a one wood round the round the yeah, knee. Till he doesn't. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. It's a long way to crawl. <laughs> you should get there by sunrise. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Uh, yeah, okay. So, anything, anyone got anything for ugly? I've, I've covered everything there. Dan? Um, I, I just thought that the whole hands and bobs gay bit was just so overdone. Even 15 years later, it's just, it's, it is, has, um, aged so poorly. Like, it was just overdone and I, I I don't know. Did we think it was funny in 2008? Like it, uh, it just seems, it seems really naff um, at these days. And, you know, we, again, we, we, we make sure that we look at things in a time capsule and, and be uh, in, in of the time. But it just seemed, I don't know, again, laziness in the script and, and unnecessarily. I do really like it when one, two offers to make it worth Mumbles while when he walks away from the table and drops his ass out. Now that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I enjoyed I, that. But yeah, the, the rest, handsome Bob's guy, who gives a fuck, whatever. You know, it's not, yeah. it's just, it I, seems really lazy. I agree. I've got uh, one, two's reaction to the handsome Bob. Over the top. I, I think mm. that that is unnecessary. And then not only that, so you've got the bit in the car where he loses it, right? And then, but the next day, yeah, right? It's like, and, and it's like Mumbles actually says to him, what did you blow him? Like, Mate, yeah. you danced with him. You dan- when we find out the payoff that he only danced with him, mm. mate, I could have that much body contact with any of you guys on a Saturday night after ten beers. Yeah, I'm not going to go home and go. Oh, I feel guilty. I'm, 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 I'm not gay. Like yeah. it was just weird. It would have been better. It would have been better if Bob sucked him off. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? And then he's racked with guilt for that. Yeah. But the guy just danced with him and and let him fill his ass like. Yeah. Come on, mate. Even in well, 2008, I would have been appalled at that. I think yeah. they're, they're trying to make the, you know, that he's, he's got an issue with it. One, two's got an issue with it, but they went way over the top with that. Way over the top. You know, with that, with his response way to it. Way over the top. Because they, they're trying to make the funny angle that yeah. he's uncomfortable about it. Yeah. And like, even Mumbles, he's like, well, I don't care, mate. Yeah. Like, I won't well, tell the chat. And, that, and that was all good. good. I mean, I, I did like yeah, that like, all these hard blokes were like, oh, what, what do we care? Which was, which was very cool, but 
Yeah. You're it's, the only one that didn't know. We all know. He, that's right. We all know. And that's gay. supposed to be the joke. Oh, you know, I've yeah. got a problem with it. Well, no one else does, mate. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Now we're going to keep rolling on with Morgz's quick fire. Yes. F-Wits. Uh, pretty much top 10 favourite segments now in Born to Watch. Quick fire. Starting off with That's Not a Knife from our mate. Michael J. Crocodile Dundee and the film Crocodile Dundee for a, a scene that's passed over into popular culture. I'm going to go on and say there is absolutely no scenes from this film that have passed over into popular culture. I don't even want a response from you. Tell me it's going to go to the next one, which is Philip Stuckey in Pretty Woman for the biggest douchebag character in the film, which I do invite responses from you guys. What do you think? I've got Lenny. Yeah, Lenny was a douchebag. He just wasn't good all round. Well, he's anyone paper, that's he's a throwing pa- his mates in jail. Mate, Danny Carpenter. Danny Carpenter would call him a paper target out the front of DYRSL. <laughs> yes, he might. He might. Mate, he's, Papa, he's work, a paper mache king. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, yeah. well that's the thing. Well, anyone that's putting his mate and then, Put, you know, Arch, mates under the bus. Get, he's getting a bit greedy. Give him four years. Yeah. yeah like, so you got super deep last week on this one by picking uh, Paulie Cicero, right? And this is similar no, he, stuff, no, right? I, yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. That that he's he's Lenny's the worst. the worst. There's no one that compares to Lenny in this movie. Good Thoughts call. Dead? Agreed. Yep. Cast a caddy shack for actor or actors that aren't quite sure what movie they're in. Uh, it could be argued there's a few in this one. Uh, I don't know that Jeremy Piven's got a, a good handle on his part. He seems uh, a little lost in this with Ludicrous. Um, what are your thoughts? I think, well, they're the only two Americans in the film, which mm. sets them apart anyway. Two Americans with a with a recording label in, yeah. in the UK. It's it's a bit of a funny thing, isn't it? They they almost feel like they're that they've been tacked onto the script at the end when they're like, "Shit, how do we tie this together?" Mm. I've got Tandy Newton for mine. I I didn't dig on her at all in this movie. In her role, yeah. in her role, I, I just thought she was she was far too uptight for me. She was just far too uptight. Interesting take. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I will I will accept both. Good one. Uh, Ripley running, Sigourney Weaver, we bow to you as our favourite female heroine in all of film from our beloved Aliens movie, but she can't run for shit and has no athletic prowess whatsoever. Is that echoed in this film at all with any show of poor gross motor skills, gentlemen? What about the chase scene? <laughs> oh. Yeah, the big the so big, the big doesn't handle it well. The big fella does not handle that. That's actually that's one bit where I laughed out loud when he just turns around and slaps him on the head. <laughs> <laughs> and then, that, and then the guy just comes. He turns around. And the other guys there. You're like, shit. Yeah. I I'll really what, like weird. that. I really like that scene. I like the the, the style. Yeah. I yeah. like the weird camera angles. I think it's I think it's done really well for a, for a chase scene. So I agree. yeah, but but certainly the uh, the and he is a massive man. So yeah, uh, huge. It, it would definitely struggle on the on the running. So yeah, I will accept that. Gal, anything else? Yeah. Oh no, I just on the on the other side, handsome Bob. He, he whips over that fence real quick. He's got the. But there, if that, if just that like was bang bang Hardy, jumps over. He's, yeah. he's got yeah. some bad skills. So yeah, yeah, totally great. that was and crazy. Uh, yeah, very good pickup. Yeah. So well done, Tom Hardy. Robot Sentry is staying with Aliens for a director's cut scene that would tell us a bit more about this film. I mean, there's a lot of just big. Leap of faith that Huge we're asked as an audience. So yeah, massive yeah. holes. Especially you mentioned it before, Whitey, the the the, the two Russians at the end that just they, they get disappeared. We're not quite yeah. sure why. 
um, because what they because they whacked Lenny with a, a golf club. Like everyone wanted to whack Lenny with a golf club because he was a dickhead. So yeah, yeah very yeah. weird. Anything else you guys wanted to see or learn about this? Nah, that's really it for me. I think you could say the sequel, um, possibly, but not. I, I I would have liked to have seen what happened to Stella and and that, Yuri. Whether yeah. is she dead? Like, is she dead? Well, because yes. you assume yeah. she is, yeah. Assume dead. Yeah. And the same thing, you would have liked to see what happened to Yuri because he yeah. wasn't great either. So yeah. he deserved a bit more of a send-off. Yeah. Well, he was, he was just, he was uh, pussy whipped. The last one cost us $20 million. Yeah. Oh, you're so cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> And you can never, ever trust a bloke who doesn't drink either. So uh, I was always very sus <laughs> on Yuri. Mmm. Mm. Is that ever drunk ever? Mmm. No. What about a guy that's uh, given up the piss? <laughs> 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 Even more so. Last He's one, Whitey really. telegraphed his thoughts on this particular topic earlier on. Whitey's Brad Pitt for an actor that you would like to maybe show a bit of bum a la one, two, four, and invite them into the back room of the clubhouse. Uh, gentlemen, <laughs> start with you, Cal. Idris Elba. We covered. Did we talk Ooh, about him earlier? With that, yeah, yeah, like he's a, he's not a bad looking fellow. Mark great Strong, fella. good looking great blokes looking in fella. this movie. Yeah. Sandy Newton's obviously a great looking girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's hard to go past Idris, but I'm going to. Where are you going? I'm going the tennis girl. Jackets. Oh, the, gets, the Jackie that gets hooked up with wicked. the counselor. Only if he's yeah. wicked. Yeah, yeah. I, I I thought she was a bit of a good thing, and you know Excellent. she looked like she'd be she'd be good with um you know. Something in a hand with with something in one hand and balls in the other. All right. I agree. I think it made me want to become a local council representative on the planning <laughs> committee, a la Jimmy Mystery. Uh, so yes, yes uh, I'll accept that. I will also accept Idris Elba, who is an extremely handsome dude. Well done, boys. That's quick fire. Yeah. Okay. Just rolling through it. We're going to hit. Oh, what is that? Listen. To this, and we'll start with you, Gal, because this is your wheelhouse. What do you got here? Well, I've punched out pretty much everything, but I'll give you a quick one. The house where one two lives, he lives in number three four. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> one, two, one two lives in three four, which is cool. Um, oh, that was cool. And look, just another quick one Jason Statham turned down a role in this film because he's been in every other Guy Ritchie film that's ever been made, I think. Yeah. But he was filming Death Race in 2008. So, so uh, movie. yeah, so that, not a that bad, not a good choice. So. That was my listen to this as well. What what is Death Race though? I don't know that I've seen it. Is that so? It's a remake. It's a remake yeah. of a seventies uh, exploitation film, seventies right. eighties exploitation film, and it's um it's set in a dystopian future where they are effectively racing to the death in cars. It's pathetic. It truly right. is. Okay. It's pathetic. Yeah. It's because, not worth uh, it. Sounds like, no. it. Sounds like a novel of what's what's that Aussie author that we used to did oh, Ice yeah, Matthew, Matthew Riley. Riley. Sounds like Matthew a Matthew Riley, Riley book. Yeah. yeah. Or I thought Wachowski's as well. That was the what I got confused with because they did Hover Car Racer, something like that. No, yeah. that was that was Riley. That Matthew was Riley, Riley who did Hover Car, Car Racer. Racer. Yeah. No, sorry. Then what? There was a the Wachowski's did something like that. A Speed Racer. Speed, speed Racer. Racer. Yeah, no, I got yeah. confused with those. So that was yeah, out yeah. this year in two thousand eight. Speed Racer. Yeah, yeah, it was bad as as in the old cartoon Speed Racer. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You got any listen to this, Dan? That was mine. I just told you. Statham. Oh, yeah, cool. Sweet. Mm. So I've got um, Yuri. Yuri the Russian is actually based on Roman Abramovich, who's the owner of Chelsea. Yep. And Looks I, straight away remarkably, I go, rem- remarkably like him. Hugely, hugely like him. Mm. So obviously that's that's Wembley in the background that they're he's apparently owns, uh, you know, which is like 
Abramovich owning Chelsea. Did we? The yeah, other did one. we ever go to Wembley? I don't think we went to Wembley. We went to Chelsea. We, we went and watched we Chelsea went to, play. We watched. We watched. Um, did we? We saw the Wallabies play England, though, didn't we? Somewhere. We went to Twickenham. That's Twickenham. Twickenham. Yeah. Twickenham. Right. No. I've got yeah, we confused. went. Yeah. We went to Twickenham yeah. a couple of times. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That was when rugby yeah. was I, cool. I got one more. Uh, <laughs> We went to the Fulham. Tup- we went to the Fulham Tupmorgs. That's right. <laughs> That's where we watched the '99 Grand Final, the '99 World Cup Final, the we Fulham did, Tup. Yes. We're doing Born to Watch Lonely Planet next week. <laughs> Today we're doing uh, Rock and Roller. Okay, so I got one more, and the sex scene, which is probably almost the best scene in the film, right? Really cleverly cut mm. and edited, really mm. well done. The reason it was that way is that Jerry Jerry Butler turned up crook to the set that day with a cold. And Tandy Newton refused to kiss him. Bitch. Yeah, take one for the team, Tandy. And so they had to figure it out on the fly. Now, Guy Ritchie was married to Madonna at the time, and she was on set, and she gave Jerry Butler uh, a needle in his ass of vitamins and stuff to make him feel better, and he got way sicker. (laughs) But he was very happy that Madonna offered to help. (laughs) Thanks, Madonna. Bend over. Yeah. 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 But oh, I it's think, really clever that scene. Yeah. That 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 makes a lot of sense. But it, uh, I think it turned out way better than them doing a, a standard love scene. So, I agree. Yeah, well, I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, the the movie's not a love movie like that, so it would have been very different. I think the way they handled it was yeah. pretty good because that's the kind of character that she was. She was very and, and let's be honest. After the way they dance, I'd hate to see how they <laughs> fuck. <laughs> very awkward. Very awkward. Yeah. It'd be awful to watch. Be awful to watch. It'll be, it'll be, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Uh, okay. So, quotables. Yeah, you got anything for quotables? Yeah, a couple of, couple of ones here. I, I really love that old style they have, that, you know, that English sort of humor, but there's, there's a couple of, one is Lenny Cole at the start. There's no school like the old school, and I'm the fucking headmaster. I got that. That's really good. Um, another one he said later on is, and it just made me laugh, was he's, when he's talking about his son, when he's trying to find Johnny Quid, and he's like, He's alive, alive, oh, somewhere selling cockles and mussels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've they've got they've got their own language, don't they? Um, yeah, and the other one was Johnny Quid at the end. Pass me the gun, Mickey. Quickly, quickly. Don't worry, he can't defend himself. He's got no head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Dan? Any quotes? Yeah, I, this quote's not from this movie, but I just love it, and uh, it's from another guy. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> It's from Excellent. another yeah, guy. Well, yeah. What is it? You know, it's, it's age shall another, not weary them. It's from another guy, Richie movie from Snatch, uh, and it's bricked up when he says, "I don't care if he's Muhammad, Ahmad, Bruce Lee." Bruce Lee. Uh, <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> well, that maybe, made- maybe, Dags. Yeah, I like Dags. <laughs> maybe when we do Snatch, you can do a quote for Rock and Roller. Then uh, I think I might make this uh, a new part of this segment. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've I got I got a couple. I got uh, Yuri, and this is for my wife. Uh, they say there are only two days you enjoy a boat: the day you buy it and the day you sell it. Uh, very true. <laughs> very true. <laughs> and then I've got Mumbles, who is you know obviously Idris Elba. He's a legend, and this sort of you know, if I could be half human, being Bob is at the cost of being a poof. I'd have to think about it, not for very long, but I'd have to pause. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very, very so I got one more quick one. When they did the slap scene, when Archie's not oh, having yeah, yeah, the slap, yeah. Yeah. and he goes, slap, no, slap him with the, uh, no, with the back of the hand. Yeah. Is this a tennis match, Arch? 
<laughs> yeah, very good. Okay, look, there is absolutely no one degree of Kurt Russell, and there is no one degree of Quickly Down Under either. So we'll move straight through. Film school for F-Wits. Yes, F-Wits. Uh, a lot of good feedback on last week's F-Wits segment, which went for a total of 17 seconds. So I'm going to keep it <laughs> nice and tight again this week. So, But this week, I, look, I just thought, I don't know, there's, you can kind of pick up, I guess, on the fact that Guy Ritchie may have jumped the shark a little bit in trying to imitate Guy Ritchie in a lot of his films. So I just thought we'd, we'd take a look at all of Guy Ritchie's films that, that I can think of and basically super quick, just tell me if they suck or if they are skilled. So, uh, yeah, Film School for F-Wits is the best Guy Ritchie's movies. Uh, do they suck or are they skills? So I'm going to start with Swept Away from 2002. Uh, Guy Ritchie film, uh, Madonna, Actually, stars in this with him. Oh, Why do you, you'd have some thoughts on this? Yeah, I, for me, it's terrible. A suck. Yeah, it sucks. It's terrible. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet you haven't even seen this. I'm not even going to dignify it with an answer. Yeah, okay. So that's three sucks. The next one's Revolver. Suck. So Whitey mentioned that it uh, it de- was held back, actually, and didn't didn't come. I don't think it's worse than Swept Away, but I'm going to say it sucks oh, yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, it Whitey, sucks. What, what do you think? It sucks. Yeah, it's a sucks yeah. for me. Sucky. Yeah, that's two sucks already. Next one's King Arthur, Legend of the Sword from 2017. So uh, I'm going to give it a hard suck, but I, I, of course I'm not going to like a film like this. <laughs> so Whitey, you, you're the only chance of this maybe getting a skill. So what, nah, what are your this... thoughts on Jude Law in, uh, in King Arthur, Legend of the Sword? Charlie Hunnam it's Charlie, as well. Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. Mm. Uh, this sucks like Jenna Jamison in the 90s. <laughs> that's it's a hard sucking. suck. Yeah, wow. Hard so suck. that's uh, what? One, two, three sucks straight off the bat. So uh, <laughs> next one is Aladdin. So look, uh, this this is a little more interesting because with kids, I'm sure that it, it has been played a little more in uh, in, in, in your household. So I, look, I can't give it skill. But I'm going to say the best I can say for it is it doesn't suck. Uh, Whitey, what are your thoughts? Oh. Will Smith. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not big. I'm not big on the live action remakes of the Disney classics. Mm. Nah, it gets gets a suck for me. I didn't. I didn't really enjoy uh, it. The, the girl and is it, great. The it, girl. The girl is great. Uh, she's well, I, she's gorgeous and uh, yeah, gorgeous. I, th- I think that yeah the the kid um the, that plays um, I can't think of the character's name I think he's excellent as well but th- this film made one point one billion dollars yeah. yeah so we we may be outliers saying that it sucks but uh, yeah I'm guessing you Rich, see Rich this Guy to fight another day yeah household oh, I didn't boys, see this but I, but I watched no I watched I watched the trailer for it just recently oh and really it sucked well done. <laughs> So well, I'm going to okay. base it on the trailer. All right. All right. It's not looking good for Guy Ritchie at the moment. A lot of suck going on. Next one, Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows from 2011. So I never That's got into That's the second these. one. That's yeah, the second one. So it's, yeah. um, uh, I don't know. For me, it's a suck, but I'll uh, I'll understand if, if you guys think differently. I know Whitey's reasonably fond of these films. Uh, the second one is the worst one. I Yep. And I can give or take it. This is the second. Oh, there Game of two, Shadows is the worst one. Yeah. So, uh, the I think, I think Robert Downey Jr. Suck, does well. Skill. 
It's yeah. It's yeah. it's just it's it's it's, it's on the fence. It sits on the fence. It sits on the fence. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right, uh, rock and roller. We'll leave this one because that's what we're reviewing at the moment. So we'll skip to Wrath of Man in 2021. So Jason Statham thriller. Uh, I don't know what. Uh, what Whitey, I'm going to have to lean on you. Yeah, okay. So. It's 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 what you would expect from Statham. Yeah, uh, and and he's pretty reliable. He's likable on the screen. He commands it. It's not bad. It doesn't suck. Okay, it's not great. But it doesn't suck. It's still not skill. Yeah, I'm going to guess it's you haven't skill. seen that. It's not skill. It's not skill. I haven't no. seen Wrath of Man, no. It's no. not skill. Okay. But it doesn't next, suck. Next one's the original Sherlock Holmes. So, look, I'm going to say that begrudgingly I'm going to give this skill because I think it was a very interesting revisit of the Sherlock Holmes franchise. I think the way that he modernizes the, the characters and the, the style of the film is very cool. So I'm going to give it a skill, but it's a low-end skill. What do you think? It gets skill from it. I think that's actually a really good movie. Okay. It's a good movie. Yeah. I like that original. Yeah. It's a, it's a skill. Yeah. Brilliant. All right. The next one, 2019's The Gentleman. I'm going to give this a qualifier on my suck and say that it fucking sucks. I detested this movie. I thought it was such a shame because I had such high hopes for it. And I think the whole setup with fucking, what's his name, with the quaff that looks like me, fucking. Um, oh, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant, yeah. The way that they set up the film and he talks about it like a film, it's so naff and so lazy and so. And even the fact that they're weed dealers in 2019. I mean, half the planet you can go down the street and buy weed with uh, at the corner shop these days. Like it was, I don't know. It was dated before it came out, and it's fucking naff, and it gets a fucking suck from me. What do you guys think? It sucks. It's. I hated it. Didn't finish it. That really? I hated it that much. I yeah. finished it, but it was very bad. So, Gao, I'm going to uh, think that you were the same. Um, last three. Oh, Gao, okay, Gao, so. Gao, Gao's giving that a skill. Oh, skill. You, I'm you not like it, gentlemen. I'm not giving it a skill. I didn't mind it. I, I'm not, I'm not going to go it was skill, but I, I, I didn't go as far as you guys. Yeah, it's a little I bit more of a fence for me. Yeah, yeah. Splinters. So didn't suck. Splinters on that right. one. Okay. Next time I do this, I'm taking didn't suck out of the uh, out of the, out of the, the. Oh, options, it's just one or the other. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Number, we'll go with skill uh, then. We'll go with skill. Skill. Right. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Got go a skill. All right. Very quickly. Last one. The man from Uncle from 2015. So uh, I – can't say that this struck me. I think, I mean, Alicia Vikander, I think, is amazing because she's just very good in everything she does. Uh, Henry Cavill and Arnie Hammer today, though. I mean, Arnie Hammer's been since been cancelled because he's a weird cat. Cannibal. Because uh, he- he's a fucking yeah. cannibal. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's definitely, uh, definitely, definitely a strange unit. Um, Cold War romp, I don't know. It's a suck for me, but I'll, uh, I, I won't mind I'll, if one of you guys enjoyed it. I'm giving it skill. I liked it. I didn't mind the man from Uncle. Okay. I thought it was good. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. hard suck for me. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> even Mike. The last two, we, uh, we, you know what they're going to be. They're really the film that introduced us to Guy Ritchie, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels from 1998, followed up by Snatch from 2000. I, for me, these were pre-rock and roller, the, the last great Guy Ritchie flicks. Both massive skill for me, Lockstock especially. Snatch I still enjoy and probably watch it once a year to these days. But skill, skill to finish off for Guy Ritchie. What do you guys think? Oh, skill, skill. It's a double skill. Yeah. yeah. There are so, so many quotable quotes out of those two movies. Five minutes. Absolutely. Oh. 
And we're, I'm, I'm sure both of those films will wind up on this podcast at some stage in the future. But yeah, a very, very mixed bag from the uh, pantheon of Guy Ritchie films there. And I would have to say, most suck. They do. They do. Okay. Well, that's a good film school for fuckwits, considering that one hour and 10 minutes ago, you didn't know what you were going to do. So well played. You've killed it. Okay, now it is Stan Bush, Kick-Ass, Credit Song, and I'm on the mic. Not an easy movie to do a credit song for, but we're going to give it it's, a go. There's um, a lot of needle drops in this song. As I said, the, the, the music is one thing Guy Ritchie has done extremely well with. Yeah. In Look, in the, past, in the past, Gow and, and myself have penned songs that could have very easily sat inside the soundtrack of some of these movies and Absolutely. maybe been in the top three or four tracks on that. That's soundtrack, but Bernie I don't Taupin think this one will Co. be. Okay, here we go. The song is called Bipolar. <laughs> the Wild Bunch are a gang and they steal for a job. One, two, mumbles and handsome Bob. Cookie in the head, that makes them five. Will any of them make it out alive? Stella is a sort with an epic rig. I couldn't lay with her. I'd break her. She's not very big. Archie is the man, but he wears a wig. Guy Ritchie must have been bipolar when he directed Rock and Roller. Because the first half is sweet. I thought it was a giver, but the rest is off the rails and it didn't deliver. He promised a sequel that never came to light. Instead, we got the Sherlock's and we suffered that plight. He must have been bipolar when he directed Rock and Roller. He hasn't made a tan that deserves the G-Main 7. He tells us that it's ham, but I'm pretty sure it's Devon. <laughs> Guy Ritchie must have been bipolar when he directed Rock and Roller. <sighs> very, Excellent. very good. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> oh, oh, well played. So, yeah. good, uh, that was uh, difficult, that one. Um, I think, I, yeah. I, again, I got the... Guy Ritchie must have been bipolar when he directed Rock and Roll and just worked around that. You know, That's just, it. That's all you need. There we go. There we go. Easy. There's another. That would be our uh, 38th kick-ass credit song. Wow. There's nothing wrong with Devin. De- mate, Devin's quality. It's You're a, quality. a big Devin guy it- too, man. Yeah. Oh, Gauss, huge Devin. Devin Love tomato it. sauce oh, all yeah. over it. Yeah. Mate, the, the bastard eats cold frankfurts. So Devin's oh. a step up. Yeah, Devin's. Sweet. Did I, I think I've asked you this Devin already. Devin Bellina. Do, do the boys, the boys <laughs> dig on, the Charlie and Justin yeah. dig on the cold Frankfurt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they were early on, yeah. Mate, it's yeah. like Grey Poupon to them. Yeah. <laughs> why, do you, why do you won't cop it? Why do you won't cop it when he comes around? doesn't like it. No. <laughs> okay, let's slide into star of the show. Uh, we'll start with you up on the land, Dan. Who's your star of Rock and Roller? Oh yeah! Look, it, it it was definitely a tough one for me on on this one because it is such an ensemble. I didn't really have a standout, so I think uh, if I'm pushed, though, I like the work that Jared Butler is doing throughout, and I think he's very likable as an actor. I think he's gone on to carve out a nice niche for himself in Hollywood as uh, a bit of a good sort, not quite the A-list, but takes up all the roles that they can't afford all of the A-list for. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I think he's he's quite good in this, like what he does with the character, enjoy the accent. He's a good-looking fella. It'll be uh, Jared Butler for me. Okay, G-Man, what about you? Very close for me. I like Toby Kebbell as Johnny Quid. Really liked his performance in this. Um, thought he was great. He, he 
just made that role so good. Carried around his pencil in the ear. Um, and I, I think he made that role just his own. So I'm going to go with him. Look, Mark Strong, really good as Archie. I really like that role, but it's a bit more understated. I'm going to go with Johnny Quid, Toby Kebble. Nice. Yeah, it's it's look, it's it's hard to to go past any of the main guys. I'm going Idris Elba. I just think he just exudes like cool, cool suave. He's yeah. so understated in everything he does. He commands yeah. the screen. Oh, you, you focus. The focus is on him when you are when you're watching. I think that he sort of steals every scene he's in. He's just so cool. Like he's he's got the element of Stringer Bell in everything he does. Right? Yeah. See, I love that reference. The Wire, Dan. Uh, so anyway, three of us go with three different people, which doesn't happen very often. But no. uh, okay, final thoughts. Got, uh, Rock and Roller is a Guy Ritchie movie. That's my final thought. And we'll move into the rank bank. I've got a couple options here for us. I'd love to get some feedback for you. So Marriages of Convenience, Love Struck Russian Billionaires, Slow Chase Scenes, or Thames Crayfish. Any thoughts? Any additions? Mm. It's a hard one. There wasn't anything that sort of really stuck out. Bad dancers. <laughs> Could be bad dancers. What about two yeah. left feet? Two left feet. Okay. We have it. We have it with two left feet, Dan, or, or two left feet. Um, inc- two left feet. incredibly awkward dance scenes. Yeah, incredibly awkward dance scenes. Uh, okay. Good. All right. Okay, we're going to go with incredibly awkward dance scenes. So we'll start with, uh, I'm going to go with Dan saying this was his choice up on the land first. Yeah. How many it's, it's incredibly a... awkward dance scenes are you giving it, mate? I'm going I'm to go with three three incredibly awkward dance uh, dance scenes. It's a bit of a law of diminishing returns, unfortunately, this film with me. I, I enjoy, I, I like going along for the ride, but the more I analyse it, the more I go, Ugh. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, look, I'm not Marie Kondoing it. I'm sure I'll see it again. In the future, but it's not—it's not something I'm going to covet. It's definitely not Guy Ritchie's best, but it's an enjoyable flick. And if you like those gangster-type flicks, uh, it, it's worth a view. But three out of five for myself and the land. Okay, Gal, I like this style of movie. I like the early guy, obviously Snatch and Lockstock. You know, I like that style. I love, as I said before, the interwoven plots. I think that works really well when it when they get it right. I love the banter between all the characters in these movies and, and all the little one-liners that you pick up that makes me laugh. So I, I quite enjoyed it. I, I definitely watched this again. I mean, it's not something, as I said, I've watched that many times, but I happily could put this on and and, and sit through it. So I'm going to go 3.5. 3.5 for the G-Man? dance scenes. Okay, excellent. All right. I Okay. I liked half of this movie a lot, and I didn't really like the second half. I didn't thought I didn't think it played out as strongly as it could have. Really? Yeah. And in fact, I actually got a little bit, I got a bit bored of it, right? Did you? Yeah, I did. I don't know if I've said it. I'm going to say it again. I'm giving Rock and Roller 2.75 incredibly awkward dance scenes, and it's lucky to get that. Oof. I've got to say. Excellent. Nice. So, Gal, where does the Rock and Roller sit in the pantheon of Born to Watch? All right. Rock and Roller comes in at 3.08 incredibly awkward dance scenes. Right below Caddyshack at 3.17 Aqua Turds and just above Lost Boys at 3 Maggot Fried Rice. So it's into number 36 out of 43. Ooh. So definitely yeah. down in the lower end. Well, bottom third, I think, isn't I think, it? That's, yeah, I well think that, feel, that feels right, unfortunately, or yeah. fortunately. Yeah. So, it, yeah. 
So just give it, it's below Love Actually, below Tremors, below Backdraft. I've yeah. got to say, like, I reckon if we revisited Backdraft, you you peanuts would give it a lower score. But anyway. Yeah. Moving on. And, okay, right, so well, if we loved if we loved rock and roll. Hold on. In Backdraft, we've got a 3 and a 3.5 and a 3.5. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon you'd give it lower than 3.5. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I oh, I'm happy there. Right, Billy Baldwin. Killing me still. So, if you loved or didn't love rock and roller, but you loved that kind of film, what can we recommend, Gal? What do you oh, got? Well, Snatch or Lockstock, they're the two you want to go. Like, I mean, yep. it's Revolver, if you, I mean, we've given that a bit of a uh, punish on here, but if you like that kind of style of movie, that's where you want to go. Okay, what that's about that's an easy one? What about you, Dan? I'm, uh, I, I thought actually we, we're looking at Guy Ritchie's take on the contemporary English gangster, but I think uh, a look at the contemporary Australian gangster is worth a view. And I'm not going to say Animal Kingdom, but I'm going to actually go to Two Hands, which is an absolute oh. favourite of ours and just shows yeah. a bit more of the, the Sydney underworld and uh, the, the glamour of King's Cross or lack of glamour and Bondi Beach and and a star turn from Heath Ledger, Brian Brown, um, Rose Byrne, amazing Australian flick from the, the 2010s, uh, Two Hands. If you haven't seen it, Pando's a good bloke and you guys should go and check it out straight away. Strangles, if you haven't seen Two Hands, give yourself a fucking uppercut and go watch it this oh, week. He would, he would have seen Two Hands. Don't worry about that one. Pando is definitely passed over into – Oh, Pando, that would definitely be oh, pop culture. Pop culture. Ryan Brown. Good for us, definitely. Yeah, great, great play. Really good flick, absolutely good flick. And I think – No, it is uh, – yeah, with it, it doesn't doesn't suffer from the style over substance issue that Guy Ritchie could be accused of. Just a just a really Agree. good romp. Yeah, agree. Okay, I am going with a. I'm staying British. Uh, I'm going with Harry Brown, starring Michael. Ah, Caine. excellent, Michael Caine. Yeah, uh, old mm. digger living on an estate in in England, and his mate gets murdered by these gangs on the on the estate, and he seeks revenge, and he's about eighty. And just cleans house. It's excellent. really good. In fact, Great in choice. fact, it was done. It was done. It was Hollywoodized as Gran Torino. I was going to say, oh, it sounds is like that like right? Gran, Gran Torino. Yeah. So it, it, Harry Brown came out first, and it's one of these ones. It's like Dante's Peak Volcano. It's one of these ones where it's you don't know which one it is. Trust me, Harry Brown came out first. Then Gran Torino. I like I like Gran Torino as well though. I think that's good. Gran Torino is Grand good. Gran Torino is a good movie. Yeah. Gran Torino is good. I think Harry Brown's better. It's darker. Yeah. It's, a, it's just a it's a great movie. Michael Caine is incredible. Uh, yeah, well worth a watch. Harry Brown, excellent film. Good choices. Okay, all right. well, well done. Yeah, that's it from the team this week. Now next week we're going to be without the G Man. He's got some trips to go on uh, for work and also uh, he's on the PR bandwagon for Dan for the 2024 Academy Awards season, trying to get him in. Mate, I, I mean, if it's you need to get on board with this. Like you saw the piss poor performance at the Academy Awards. I mean, Gow loves his mate Rounders and we all want to support Gow's mate, but I think they've just gone over the top. That every everywhere, everything, everything, everywhere, all at once, bollocks. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's been swept up in its own comet of wank and uh i think that uh, it, it certainly isn't there's some new blood needed on the academy of motion picture and art sciences and i think i'm that new blood and i think gal if you could put in a good word for me it would be very much appreciated 
Well, if I see Rounders, mate, I'll I'll have a chat to him about he, it. And is he Mister Rounders now that he's a statue winner? Well, we'll see. It might have gone to his head. We don't know. Maybe Sensei Rounders. You know that um, you know that guy Richie's a black belt in Shotokan Karate and and BJJ <laughs> was in Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, did is is yeah. was did Mark Greville his sensei? No, Mark Greville wasn't his sensei. I mean, I've seen him around a couple of the. You know, we, we give each other a nod. Like, there's a bit of respect there. I don't know him very well, but well, him and Rounders. <laughs> Bad blood. Oh, no love lost there. Really? Yeah, yeah. Not not, not fans. Yeah. Don't know why. Maybe something better role. Who culture knows? Clash. Who culture knows? clash. Yeah. It's a culture clash. Yeah. Okay, so without Gao, we're going to have our special super sub guest on, Damo. Oh! Damo's going to be joining us from Vicky Point. He'll be Vicky in uh, Point, the Vicky Point, he's back. Yeah. So, and we got him to choose the movie, and he is going to take Dan way out of his comfort zone. And we're going to stay in 2008. Which is not ideal, but we're going to. And we're going to the Christopher Nolan blockbuster superhero mainstream incredible film, The Dark Knight. It's our first superhero film. It is. It's our first superhero film. I'm I'm actually pretty cut up. I'm going to miss it. I've managed to duck those for. 50 weeks or whatever that's uh yeah that's it's been good this, work this might open the floodgates now it might be uh Jesus. it might be MCU it might change the name born to watch MCU <laughs> the dark night eh? <laughs> don't right yeah. plenty plenty to unpack with the dark night and it should be interesting we can talk a lot about Heath Ledger a lot about Nolan It'd be nice to talk about Nolan we haven't done a Nolan film yet no. so it'd be nice to talk about Christopher Nolan uh and obviously Christian Bale is a quality actor as well so Plenty to talk about for next week. I hope you enjoyed Rock and Roller. I hope you didn't enjoy the movie because if you did enjoy the movie, I think less of you. <laughs> Until next week, it's bye for now. I'll speak to you all in a couple of weeks, people. Take it easy. I don't care if he's mum, I'm uh, Bruce Lee. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends.